TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Guests appear on the Smile Center hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show. Live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Christian Fowler, a senior writer and content creator for Bluff City Media. He's on Twitter or X, whatever the hell you want to call it at this point, at CFowlerBCM. And you can find our podcast. We're co-hosts on this podcast called On the Bluff Pod. Find it on YouTube, Bluff City Media YouTube channel, Spotify, Apple, the whole nine yards. Christian, how is uh, life treating you? Oh, just wonderful, Gabe Coon. How are you doing? I am doing well. AAC Media Days edition of, uh, yep. of your spot on the show. How about that? Well, at least we're getting close to football season. I can't say that uh, the University of Memphis football fans were probably not very happy with with how it turned out, but we're getting closer, and none of that stuff really matters when you actually get into the season. Yeah, we, we talked about it uh, yesterday on the podcast, which released today. Um, I, I, I basically called the top four in order, Tulane, UTSA, SMU, Memphis. Made a lot of sense, uh, and it felt like after the last two years – a lot of media members were not going to put Memphis over SMU in these conversations, just considering 6-6, six 3-5 and six, three and five in conference. I, I, I think Ryan Silverfield shared that sentiment. He says, we've not earned the right to be picked much higher. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of like the mindset, I guess. I mean, you're right. You've been 6-6 six and six the last two years, so why would they put you in the top three? But at the same time, now you get a little bit more bulletin board material. you got something to prove. Um, because there are people in the city of Memphis that believe that Memphis can win the conference this year, and I, I don't think it's out of the range of outcomes. I don't think it's impossible by any means, especially with the unknowns that Memphis has. And those, right. if those turn out to be positive, uh, then they absolutely have a shot to win the conference. Now, here's the thing. I will say it's a fine mindset to have, but I feel like Coach Silverfield, I feel like Ryan has, has made it very clear he's upset with how the last two years went like admission is one thing now you have to really put it into action and get it going in the right direction you can admit it all you want but it actually has to show on the back end yeah I agree with you but I think it is a lot better than making excuses because he could you know he could have plenty of excuses to make you know with the way the games have turned out and some games you can blame on him and play calling and some games you can just blame on being unlucky and the ball bouncing the wrong way Uh, but instead of doing that he's coming out and saying, you know what, I've been disappointed by the last two years, too. It's not up to my standard. It's not up to the school's standards. Um, and it's not what's been built here at the University of Memphis. So I like the mindset, like you're saying, but now you actually do got to go out and win, or it's just going to keep being the same thing every year. And I think 
if you look at the roster, if you look at what they have, I think this is the best position that they've been in under Ryan Silverfield to have a successful season. Now, my questions come on the offensive end. Talk with Seth Hennigan earlier. He mentioned Rock Taylor. He mentioned Demir Blankumsee. He mentioned he mentioned Toski Dove. He mentioned Kobe Drake. Uh, it, where do your concerns lie on the offensive end? Is it about the weapons on the outside, or is it O line? What, what, what do you think your biggest concern is? I think everything outside of Seth Hennigan. I don't know if it's if it's a right. I don't know if it's a concern, but I think they all hold question marks, right? right. Like uh, the offensive line has been very underwhelming the last couple of years. So the staff goes out and they bring in multiple Power Five transfers, uh, Marcus Henderson and Xavier Hill from uh, Arkansas and LSU, respectively, kind of headline that list. So what can they do at this level? How do they perform at Memphis, and how do they? mesh with some of the guys that, you know, have been here that we expect to be in the starting lineup again. Jacob Likes, maybe Jonah Gamble as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly M- McKaylin Pounders at the other tackle spot. So how does this offensive line mesh together? How did the transfers come in and handle themselves? And then, uh, you know, like I said, that is a concern for me because we haven't seen it be productive. But I would say the biggest concern or question mark to me is the wide receivers because you really don't have a lot of proven talent uh, on the roster at receiver right now. Like, you have guys that have talent, absolutely, but they haven't been extremely productive at the collegiate level. I think Kowski Dove can be a really good player, big-body player, can be an X or Z receiver, um, and has a little bit of production at Missouri. Demir Blancomsey, the most productive numbers-wise, probably on this team, transferring over from Toledo. Love what he does out of the slot. He's like Deontay Johnson-Light, who also mm-hmm. came from Toledo. Uh, and then you got Rock Taylor, who everyone has raved about all offseason, and we'll get to see in a couple of months whether it's real or not or whether he performs under the lights or not because he has all the intangibles. Big, 6'3", 220 pounds, like has elite size for the receiver position. There have been question marks with his route running. There have been question marks with his hands. Uh, so can he come out and prove everybody wrong and show that he has grown and developed because it's not like he's some fifth- or sixth-year player. It's his third year, so, you know, taking time at the collegiate level makes sense, and I don't think anyone's pressed in the last two years, but this is his prove-it year, and, and if those guys can produce, or at least one or two of those guys can produce, then I think Memphis's offense can eclipse some people's expectations. Now, what do you think about these teams ahead of Memphis in the preseason media poll? SMU, UTSA, Tulane, Tulane obviously coming off that massive bowl win against USC. I, I mean, they did lose Ty J Spears, though, UTSA. Run games falling off a little bit. They've had a lot of old line turnover because of that. Like thinking of it just off the top of my head, Spencer Buford's a guy that plays for the 49ers now that was one of their offensive linemen. SMU, it's very interesting. They bring in a lot of transfers. I wasn't very impressed with what Rhett Lashley did in year one, um, but they're going to replace that quarterback position. Tanner Mordecai is off at Wisconsin. You have Preston Stone, maybe Alex Padilla. Like, Are any of these three teams ahead – of Memphis in the preseason media poll that scary to you in the grand scheme of things? Not really. I I think if Tulane was bringing Tajay Spears back, then I'd be a little bit more worried about Tulane. But I I know Michael Pratt had a great season, but I don't think he's an incredible quarterback. I think he's a a solid quarterback, but I don't think he's anything that's going to propel a team to a championship. I really think Frank Harris and UTSA scare me more than Tulane. Right. And SMU – uh, SMU doesn't really scare me. Like you said, Rhett Lashley's transfer class, not nearly as impressive as Sonny Dyke's transfer class mm-hmm. uh, a, few, a few years ago that, that really brought SMU back to prominence. And then even after that, then Landon Tanner Mordecai. 
another really good quarterback that they had. So uh, SMU, not really. I, I mean, I think you could easily make the argument for Memphis being ranked over SMU. Both of both you and I kind of agreed on this last night that if we were ranking it personally, we probably would have Memphis at three. Um, so out of all of them, if I had to rank them by, you know, who would I be worried about as an opponent for Memphis, I would say UTSA, Tulane, and then SMU in that order. I just – I've got to see it from Michael Pratt without a running back as good as uh, as Tajay Spears and just what he offers overall as a, as a versatile athlete. Now, just quick sidebar. FAU might, may be a little bit tricky. Tom Herman takes over there. He's got some good experience in the AAC. And Casey Thompson is not a bad quarterback, and he's going to take over, especially at this level. That, that could be something, and they're, they're ranked right there behind Memphis, and I thought a lot of people were surprised seeing FAU in that spotlight after having a bad year and having to change coaches, but Tom Herman, Casey Thompson, familiarity there. I, th- I think people uh, will, will come to understand that as the season gets going. Now talking with Christian Fowler at C. Fowler BCM, senior writer and content creator for Bluff City Media. We, uh, we do have to talk some Tiger basketball as uh, TFAL Leonard Jr. It feels like there's uh, some questions going on being raised about if he's actually going to be on campus next year. What, what, can you fill me in at least a little bit here on, on what's going on? Yeah, I just I, I think there are multiple factors that are at play if this ultimately comes to fruition, which I, I believe it will. I don't, at the end of the day, I just don't see him being a part of this roster next season. So there's multiple layers to it and there's multiple, you know, questions to it as what is it? What's the reasoning? Um, and I, I think at the end of the day, the way that I, I broke it down last night and we kind of, we kind of went back and forth on this is just the fact that this is a player, as you've mentioned multiple times that has been mocked in the second round of some NBA mock drafts, um, obviously coming from MTSU believed, in the beginning that he was probably coming to Memphis to play in a starring role and to really improve on his stock and play uh, play with the team that's going to garner more eyes and attention than MTSU. And that all made sense in the beginning. But then when you look at what Memphis continued to add, David Jones, Jonathan Pierre, uh, Javon Quinterly, some of these guys that they continue to add, it's like, well, how is this guy not going to be a starter? How is this guy not going to be a starter? Right. And we've been pretty rock steady on, we believe if DeAndre Williams come back, the starting five will be, JQ, Caleb Mills, David Jones, DeAndre, and Jordan Brown. Uh, and I feel very confident in that, regardless of, of if TFA or Leonard's a part of this team or not. But I think if you start looking around in your TFA, TFA or Leonard, you're thinking, okay, I, I thought I was going to play a big role on this team. Now I could be reduced to a reserve role where I'm playing only 10 or 15 minutes a game. And then from the Memphis side of that, when it comes to the NIL perspective, if there was a large amount of money guaranteed or agreed to between Memphis and TFA or Leonard, it's kind of hard to justify giving that to a guy if he's only playing 10 or 15 minutes right. a game. So, so I think it's multifaceted. I think it's layered. Um, I, I think it is a blow if he ultimately doesn't come to Memphis because I, I think he could have been one of the best defensive players in the conference this year. But at the same time, I don't think it's some massive swing that should take away right. from the overall steam that Penny Hardaway and the staff have built uh, while building this roster. It, it feels like more of a luxury to have him coming off your bench than actually necessary. Right, especially if, you, if if this roster comes together and this starting five comes together the way that we expect it to, if DeAndre Williams gets an extra year, it is it is a pure luxury. And uh, I mean, I I don't know quite what to think. Uh, also, wasn't there some? I mean, there's some, there's some murmurs about potential like ineligibility and everything else. Like I I don't know what to believe. There's like three different rumors floating out there, but that 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 tends to make me believe. If there's that much smoke, that many different rumors, he probably won't be on campus next year. Right. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it just at this point with how much we're hearing it and how many people are coming out with it, it just makes too much sense uh, for him ultimately not to be a part of it. And like I said, I, I hope that it doesn't put a blemish on what this staff has done because at the end of the day, I think Memphis is a team that, it, especially if they get DeAndre Williams, they can win the American Athletic Conference and, and potentially make a deeper run into the tournament. And I really don't think with or without TFA Leonard, that changes too much. I, I don't think he's some, you know, 15 to 20 spot in the ranking swing if he's not here. And, right. and once again, I'm not saying that I don't think he's a quality player and that he couldn't play really good minutes for this team this year if he was here. Uh, I just don't see him making the kind of impact a player like DeAndre Williams does. If, if DeAndre comes back, this team catapults, in my opinion, top 15, top 10, top 15. Um, and, and TFA Leonard just doesn't make that same kind of impact on a rankings jump from my perspective. Talking with Christian Fowler at C. Fowler BCM on Twitter or X. Um, what, what do you make of uh, sort of what's going on with the stadium renovations? $350 million that they're talking about splitting up. Jeff Calkins wrote, Sam Hardiman actually reported on it officially, um, that it feels like based on the the visit that Mayor Strickland took to Gamebridge Fieldhouse um, that they want to make similar renovations to FedEx Forum. And those renovations cost taxpayers at least $412 million. There's only $350 million to work with. So like, what what what's your take on this? How much should be split and how should they go about it? You don't want to. You don't want to piss off the Grizzlies. You want them to re up. You want them to be your professional team. You don't want them to leave town. But at the same time, I am of the opinion. Opinion I said it earlier in the show. I think there's a lot more to be gained, potentially, potentially, of course, out of updating Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. And uh, your first point, absolutely. You do not want to anger the Grizzlies. You do not want to risk them leaving town or anything like that. Um, but at the same time, and I've gushed about this multiple times on your show, on the podcast, the amount that football can impact, you know, this economy and the yep. city is, it's absurd. And I, I know that people may have trouble seeing that right now, especially in the American, the new look American and what it looks like, but still being in a bigger conference is not out of the realm of possibilities. It's not out of the conversation yet. And if that happens, the University of Memphis football pro- program can be an absolutely huge moneymaker. And mm. part of getting to that level and part of expanding is the stadium. The stadium has to be up to quality, and it has to be able to compete with other Power 5 stadiums, and currently it just doesn't do that. Not only the stadium itself, but the atmosphere. And, um, and, and overall, if you're in a bigger conference, if you have a nicer stadium, more people are going to come. That's just the way that it is. Like, that's that's just how it works. If if some of these big SEC schools were in the same position as Memphis, if they were in the American Conference with you know with older, outdated stadiums, we'd be seeing the same thing. Like it's just part of it. You if you're in a big conference, if you have a nice stadium, then the fans are going to come out. It's more of an experience. Uh, you feel like you're seeing better talent on a weekly basis. Uh, you know, for some people, it, they want to see guys that are going to go play in the NFL and they want to see their team play against them, and they just want to feel like games have that big game atmosphere. And currently at Memphis in this conference, you just don't you don't have the opportunity for that. You're not playing teams that are going to draw a lot of eyes, and that's just the reality of the situation. So I'm with you. I've you know I've beat a dead horse with this. I just believe football can be such a massive money maker 
even in Memphis where people don't necessarily view it as a football town. I mean, even even in the AAC, considering where where the Tigers have been in the, in the in the group of five, the amount of revenue generated by football is massive compared to anything right. else in that athletic department. It tells you the story you need to know now. One thing I don't hear a lot of people talking about, and I understand that, you know, the Grizzlies, when it comes down to getting these renovations, they may want to be relatively selfish. They may want to get everything they want. And I think there was an estimate somewhere in there that Jeff put of like 450 to 500 million. And I, I, I think that's a, a whole lot. And again, they may want that full amount. But at the same time, I don't know if there's that many issues with FedEx Forum that need solving. That's the <laughs> yeah, issue I, I have with, with this whole thing. It's in a great spot. Right there on Beale, you, you you boost the economy every single night when people walk up and down Beale getting drinks, getting food. The inside is clean. It's nice. It's pristine. I don't know if they need that 450 to $500 million. Now, again, that may be abstract to some people because they don't want to piss off the Grizzlies. But, again, I feel as if it would be in good faith for the Grizzlies to allow the University of Memphis to get this money and prosper to be good for the whole city. And who are we trying to feed? Obviously, they're trying to feed their, their own mouse. They're trying to keep their franchise happy and everybody behind the scenes happy. But at the same time, if you're trying to make the city better, if, if you want to show good faith to the city, I think that some good money should be allocated to the stadium. Yeah, I, I don't disagree at all because I'm with you. I don't see any issues with the FedEx Forum. I think it's a really nice basketball arena, you know, both obviously for the University of Memphis and for the Grizzlies. So I don't, I definitely don't see a need for, you know, $450, $500 million. Uh, obviously, pro franchises are always looking at upgrading their arena. It's just part of it. Uh, we've seen it especially in the NFL over the last several years with multiple teams getting new, crazy, state-of-the-art uh, stadiums and arenas. But, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the FedEx form is nice. It's clean. It's relatively new. It's not anything that's old and outdated and built in the 50s or 60s that is, you know, just an eyesore or anything like that. So I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Talking with Christian Fowler at C. Fowler BCM. Now some running back value talk since we had a good good talk last week about this. Saquon <laughs> agrees with the Giants. One year, $11 million. Uh, so just one one more million, or, or 990000 more than what he would have got on the franchise tender, but he does get $2 million in a signing bonus. He beats the franchise tag by a little bit. But uh, I uh, I look at this, and this is sending a not-so-good not message to the rest of the running backs on that Zoom call. This is the definition of settling. They, they may have blocked his number already. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing when I saw it. You know, all the running backs have been very gung-ho about the prices and how much they need to be paid, and and we talked about it last week. They, there is a point to that, absolutely. It is the only position where the franchise tag value has actually dropped over the last several yep. years. I think in 2018 or 2019, it was $10.8 million. And this year it's down to 10.1, kind of as you alluded to. And Saquon was one of the ones leading the charge, along with Josh Jacobs. Now there's been other, you know, multiple other running backs speak out, but the ones that were actually in this franchise tag position uh, Saquon and Josh Jacobs kind of headlined that. Uh, obviously, Tony Pollard was franchise tagged as well, but he signed his. And Saquon, I, I know they added some incentives in there. I know they added the signing bonus in there. But at the end of the day, it's not like he got a ton more money to go ahead and settle for it. Now, if you're a fantasy football fan or if you're a New York Giants fan in general, <laughs> you're glad that Saquon is playing this year. He makes the game better. He's a very exciting player. 
But now you have to wonder, like, what kind of position does this put a guy like Josh Jacobs in? Like, Josh Jacobs already left Vegas. Like, he's training on his own this offseason is, is what he said. So what does he do? And what? how do the Raiders handle that situation of, okay, Saquon did this, so why can't you do this? Right. Uh, it's, a, it's, a weird, it's a weird thing to see after it was such a big deal, especially to a guy like Saquon last week to just say, you know what, let's get it over with. But at the same time, I do have a little bit of respect for that as well. Like, let's yeah. just go play. Let's just go make our money. So, I, I, I'm on the respect side of it either way. If you're if you're jockeying for more money, and you feel like you're worth more money, which I think we could all agree that Saquon Barkley yes. is worth more than ten million dollars a year, I respect the decision to go ahead and and pull out. But at the same time, if you listen to what Saquon said on the Money Matters podcast. He was like, it's going to be very difficult for me to do that. I love this game. I want to play this game. I think there's a legacy point to this when you talk about holding out as well. You don't want to lose your prime, and that's what exactly in right now. Um, so there's a lot of ways to look at it. But at the end of the day, being a huge NFL fan, like, like I'm glad that Saquon went ahead and signed and is going to play this upcoming season. Man, that's what I've tried to explain to people about the dynamic in the NFL. Like, there's not a lot of people that make this type of money. There's not a lot of people that make at the top of their, uh, you know, the top valuation at their position. That's just not how it works. Uh, 75% of these guys are making way under that, substantially under that. And, you know, Saquon's in a different situation, but I don't blame him for doing what's in his best interest ultimately. He doesn't know if he doesn't play this year, he doesn't know what he's going to look like at 27 or 28 years old. How does he take those hits then? Will he ever get another payday? So taking a payday while you can when when you know that you're going to have limited opportunities, that that's how a lot of these guys think and that's why every single CBA that is put on the table when it time when it comes time for CBA negotiations gets signed. Because all these guys want their money. They don't know how long their their career is going to last. Yeah, and I mean, on the other side of that, on like the the upside of that, he could go out and have another All Pro caliber season, and there could be right. a team that's willing to pay him fifteen, sixteen million dollars a year if the Giants are not. Like yep. we're saying that it's impossible now for for running backs to get big contracts. It's 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 not. There are running. It's improbable. Backs that have, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very improbable. improbable. It's, it's, it's not in the highest of likelihood, but Saquon falls into that category of a player who can command more money like a Christian McCaffrey, someone who is versatile out of the backfield. You and I talked about it last week. Daniel Jones isn't making $40 million a year if Saquon isn't True. as good as he was last year. Um, so I, I think there are still teams that could see that value that he brings and bring him in for a bigger deal next year if he does have another all-pro caliber season. Last thing for you before I let you go, talk to me about your Cowboys. Zach Martin, uh, no show at the start of camp. We have uh, – uh, uh, Trayvon Diggs just signing. I don't know. I, I don't even know if you've gotten to catch up on this. Five years, ninety-seven million dollars for Trayvon Diggs. Um, yep. What are your What are your expectations going into this year? And then ultimately, I think the second part of this. What do you think about Zach Martin? What should they pay him? Like I, he wants to be at the top of the market for guards. He's earned it. He's got six All Pros, eight Pro Bowls in nine years. I mean, it's he's he's a Hall of Famer of the twenty tens. Like what What should they do with him to get him back uh, back for camp? Yeah, it's hard to argue with Zach Martin. I mean, you said six-time All-Pro. I think he's an eight-team All-Pro, six-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, eight-time Pro Pro Bowler. (laughs) Like, he is the best guard in the game of football, and an argument can be made that he is the best. He's the best I've ever seen in my my generation. I mean, in, in in this entire generation, he's the best. I agree with that. And I think a lot of people thought Quentin Nelson was going to take that, take that over from him, and he just, he kind of fell off last year. So Zach Martin, 
continues to hold that throne as the best guard in the game and, and arguably the best offensive lineman in the game. So for him to want to be paid like that, I absolutely get it. I think a lot of it is the way that they've structured his contract. If you look at his contract for next year, he takes a massive bump. I think he goes from like 16 this year to maybe 27 yeah. next year just because of the way that they've uh, restructured his deal to be able to sign other players. So I think they'll figure it out at the end of the day. I don't think Zach Martin wants to go anywhere else. You know he wants to play football like he is a football junkie and has been since he entered the league and obviously before that as well, but has been known as one since he entered the league. So I think they'll get it figured out. He's too good of a player not to have in the building, especially on an offensive line that has some younger guys in Terrence Steele and Tyler Smith. So I think they figure that out. Um, as far as the Trayvon Diggs deal, I think it's a good deal. I mean, it's yeah. less than $20 million annually, uh, which is what a lot of these top cornerbacks are uh, commanding now in the open market. Some people may say that he's not that good and that he's just, you know, just flashy with the interceptions. But I think a lot of people kind of saw that two years ago where he did, he allowed the most yards in the league, but he led the league in interceptions with 11. He came back this year. You didn't hear about him as much because I believe he only had three interceptions, also had a couple of costly dropped interceptions, uh, namely in the divisional round against the 49ers. Um, But he was much better in coverage last year. He was a very good cover corner last year. And I think this year, people, you know, aren't talking about him much. I think this will be his best season as a pro. I mean, you just look at everything that's around him. Stephon Gilmore on the other side of him, former Defensive Player of the Year in 2019. Like, to have a guy of that caliber on the other side of you is huge. Also, to learn from him, because Trayvon Diggs is a younger corner that hasn't really had a ton of veteran corners across from him. Yep. Um, and then the safeties, I think uh, I think the Cowboys have three really good safeties in Donovan Wilson, J. Ron Hurst, and, uh, and Malik Hooker back there. And then it all starts up front. You know, we've, yep. we've heard this forever. If a corner is going to be good, he's likely going to have a good pass rush. You look at this defensive end rotation between Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Sam Williams coming into his second year. Uh, Dante Fowler was productive. Dorrance Armstrong was very productive. Like, the Cowboys have one of the deepest – uh, defensive end rooms in the league. So I think yeah. everything's kind of aligning for Trayvon Diggs to enter this part of his prime with his best season. And, and I think the deal is absolutely fair at under $20 million annually. The only thing they needed to do uh, for, for, for that defense to be uh, insanely successful, and I know they were top five group last year, is to get that interior D-line going. Drafted Mozzie Smith, still have Jonathan Hankins. I think they're they're on their way there. Now, last thing, I'm sorry. But you mentioned Zach Martin. You think they'll get it done? I, I, I don't know if I fully. I don't know if I'm fully there. And the only reason I say that, thirty-three years old, positional value of guards not that high, and you have to pay. You just paid Trayvon Diggs. You have to pay Micah Parsons. You have to pay Ceedee Lamb. What are you going to do when Dak's done with his contract? He's already paid somewhere around thirty-eight to forty million. I mean, if you re-up him, the amount of money you're paying him for a couple years, you know. If you if not a long term deal three four five years again is is going to be substantial. I don't know if paying a guard at the top of the market at thirty three years old will jive with those future plans. But I I'll, I guess we'll see. Yeah, I mean there are a lot of question marks. Like you said, Diggs gets his deal. Micah Parsons' mega deal is coming. So and I guess a Tony deal. Pollard deal if they decide to pay a running back if he if he has a heck of a right. year this year. Yeah, I don't I don't see them necessarily paying Tony Pollard next year, but they right. could. But the ones you know, like Diggs got his deal. Michael Parsons, they're absolutely not going to let Michael Parsons walk. He's going to sign a massive deal. They're absolutely not going to let C.D. Lamb walk. He's going to sign a 20-plus million dollar year annually contract. That's receivers, elite receivers are going uh, between 25 and 30 now. So his deal 
no telling where it will end up if Justin Jefferson and some of these other guys yep. sign before him. Um, Dak, I think, is eligible for extension after either after this season or the following season, but I want to say it's after this year. So mm-hmm. a lot of money is going to have to be dispersed on this team soon. But Zach Martin, to me, is just too important to lose. And I think right. at the end of the day, they figure it out somehow, however that is. Yep, I hear you, brother. Well, I'll let you go. Appreciate you. He's All Christian right, Fowler. See you guys next week. He is Christian Fowler, Etsy Fowler, BCM Senior Writer, Content Creator for Bluff City Media. Find our podcasts on uh, YouTube. Go to the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. It's the On the Bluff Pod or Apple and Spotify. They have a couple of Lodo guys. Like Van Der Esch only signed for $11 million for right. two years. Uh, yeah. They obviously don't pay kickers because they can't kick worth a crap. <laughs> yeah, not, that that. that's a, not that that's a money spot. But, but, like, I mean, I think about some of these young guys, too, on the offensive line. Tyler Smith at some point down the road. I know he's in his second year. Uh, Tyler Biotic. I don't know yeah. if he if, what, what that's going to look like. I mean, Terrence Steele. I, there's a lot of things out there that – they could pursue. Oh, Michael Gallup's locked up, uh, but like yeah, they, they could him. pursue certain things. And I, I don't know if at, at 33 years old, Zach Martin is at the top of the to do list. How much are they gonna have when, to pay? When him? they did pay, I mean, he'll have to make 20 million dollars a year at least. A lot for a lot. I know for a 33 year old guard. Yeah, uh, but, but, it, he's, but the he's he's the best I've ever seen. But right, he's the best I've ever seen in my lifetime. Right. But at the same time, a lot of money man, there. That's insane. And if you're gonna pay Dak, you might as well protect him. Yes, you know. Yeah, but they've tried to draft O-line. They've tried to go out of their way to get, get some O-linemen to replace because they're getting older, right? Yeah. The, the, the Tyron Smith, mm-hmm. Zach Martin days are going to age out at some point, and they have been planning for it. So I, I just – I behind the scenes, Jerry, Steven, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? I want to know. I want to know. And Jerry today, he stepped up to the mic and said, I'm not worried about any contracts right now. I'm not worried about them. So I guess he's he's confident that even if they don't – uh, restructure for Zach Martin that'll show up to camp. I don't know if I'd be that confident, but we'll see. We'll see. Now, the Blitz is going to be on the way, and we're going to open on the Zach Martin discussion. I think I sort of showed my hand a little bit, but I'll uh, I'll give you uh, the particulars on the other side right here on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM. Yes. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Yeah. 
Now, the biggest stories overloading the line. A bull rush of info. It's Gabe's Blitz on the Gabe Coon Show on 92.9 FM ESPN, Memphis's sports station. And the Blitz is brought to you by Sissy's Log Cabin. Now, Brad, what do you have for me today? Zach Martin is a no-show at the start of Cowboys training camp. Unhappy that the team will not restructure his deal. Now, he believes that he's woefully underpaid relative to the market. Sure he is. Yeah, he's scheduled to make $13.5 million this year. That's $7 million under the highest-paid guards in the league, which happen to be Chris Lindstrom from the Falcons and Quentin Nelson from the Colts. And uh, I, I completely understand where he's coming from. Ranks ninth in average valuation per year. Um... He, he says what other guards have been to eight Pro Bowls and been on eight All-Pro teams in nine seasons? What other guard has started every possible game in seven of his nine seasons while you still have eight Pro Bowls and eight All-Pro teams? And what other guard has been named the 2010s Hall of Fame team? Nobody. No one else has, has accomplished that. That's the truth of it. But I, I do think that there's context. You have to put on the situation. There's very real, real consequences Ultimately, that could come if you do give him $20 million and a lot more security down the road. Trayvon Diggs just signed for five years, $97 million. That's at the top of the cornerback market. Mm -hmm. When Micah Parsons gets his deal, he will be at the top of the edge rusher market because he can do other things. He can play off-ball linebacker. Mm -hmm. He's very versatile. Uh, He's been in the defensive player of the year running the past two years, his first two seasons in the league. Like He's going to get a lot of money, probably be at the top of the market, $30 million per year. That's the truth of it. Uh, C.D. Lamb, he'll be paid top of the market. Those guys are commanding twenty-five to thirty million dollars a year, and he's young. Dak Prescott, I know that that's probably a point of contention for some <laughs> Cowboys fans. You're like, hey, what, what are we gonna do? Let's but let what, him go. Hey, right? But guess yeah. what? What's your plan for the future if you don't have Dak Prescott right. in the next couple of years? And he can he can re, he can re up next year, next off season. So fast. you have all these potential deals the next two to three years, and. If I'm just looking at it surface level and taking Zach Martin and the eight Pro Bowls and the eight All-Pros out of the equation, which you can't, which you can't. But paying a guard at the top of the market again at 33 years old may not jive with the future plans of trying to go sign all of these four guys I just mentioned. That doesn't bring in Tony Pollard. That doesn't bring in Tyler Biotich. That doesn't bring in all these other guys that you that you have on the offensive line. Tyler Smith down the road that you drafted first round out of Tulsa. And this is me. I played guard. <laughs> I played right guard. I'm not trying to down my former profession. But ultimately in the NFL, as we're seeing with running backs, positional value matters. And I need a quarterback, a cornerback, a wide receiver, and a disruptor slash edge more than I need an offensive guard. It's unfortunate, but that's where we're at. Do I think that the Cowboys could find a way to get this thing done and keep him happy in the meantime? Sure. Um, but I, I wonder if they have the I wonder if they have the the cojones to pay him twenty to twenty two million dollars a year over the long haul. I think that would take a substantial chunk out of what they can do in paying their young talent. Yeah! All right, Mbappe offered three hundred and thirty two million dollars for one year. With a Saudi club, and now NBA players have reacted to this. It's a soccer deal, right? Giannis, yep. LeBron, Draymond, they're all like, uh, yeah, they're they, in yeah. Draymond, they just got their attention. Draymond Green said they got basketball leagues too, right? Question mark. <laughs> and then he said, uh, uh, I, 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 don't, I don't 
think the ink has dried up on my contract yet, and he has him running. Uh, yeah. LeBron said when Rich Paul and Maverick Carter get the call from Saudi for a one-year deal, then he had the meme of uh, of uh, Forrest Gump running down the street, <laughs> starting his cross-country run. Right. Uh, and I think Giannis said something as well. But $332 million freaking dollars yeah. for one year with Al Halal. I, and this was before the final story we're going to talk about today in the Blitz, and I, uh, that's Jalen Brown getting massive money, the biggest contract ever mm-hmm. in the NBA. But this was as of last night. Mbappe, next year, if he took this deal, would make more, and again, this is last night's numbers, would make more than the 17 highest-paid players next season. And that would have been Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, Giannis, Kawhi, PG, Jimmy Butler, Clay Thompson, Rudy Gobert, Fred Van Vliet, Anthony Davis, Luka Doncic, Zach, Zach Levine. He would make more in one year than all of those players combined. Now, the Athletic in some places have said the numbers could go up as high as, a, as an escalator with a billion dollars. With I, I don't doubt it. I don't. I, I mean, it, they, they just pay. That's, that's a just, billion dollars. They pay money. Yeah. They, whatever it takes to, to keep people from talking about, you know, uh, killing journalists and yeah. uh, multiple human rights violations, they will pay. They will fork up the money. And I do find it interesting, these these basketball players, you know, they're making jokes, right? They're making right. jokes ultimately, but isn't there some truth to most jokes? Like, if they got offered that money, I have no doubt that Draymond Green would say, to 100%. hell with the Warriors, Absolutely. I've won enough championships. Absolutely. LeBron would say, to hell with all these teams yeah. I've won championships with. I'm not chasing another one here. Let me take myself to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Yana, same thing. They're, I mean, there is some truth to what they're putting out there in their jokes. Like, let's be completely honest. And yeah. I, I think we've blurred the line so much, especially PGA Live. Um, we're talking about yeah. potentially, I mean, the, the, the NBA has opened it up to where uh, with the new CBA, mm-hmm. sovereign wealth funds can buy in for a minority stake into NBA franchises. We've blurred the line so much that I don't give it, I, I don't think anybody gives a damn about where they're taking money from anymore. I, I, that's the truth. I, I mean, yeah. do you see it any other way, Brad? It, that's that's where I, I think I we're there. No, I think we're there. That's where it's at. I mean, when the PGA did their most recent deal in negotiations with Liv, now that's going to take a while is what I understand. Like, it's not. this is not an overnight thing mm-hmm. with the Liv deal. But it's funny how money talks. Money talks. Still money talks. I don't care if you're LeBron James or Steph Curry or any of these dudes. It doesn't matter. No. It does not matter. Money talks, and and I I don't know what Mbappe is going to do, but uh, if he takes the money, I think a lot of, uh, a lot, a lot less people will be up in arms considering what we've seen recently and in allowing these things to happen and the amount of money that's being taken that that may be blood money, if you will. So it's more accepted than it ever has been. Where does Gabe Kuhn uh, rate his, uh, you know, like if it was blood money. Where are you at on blood money? My, the morality of it? Yes. How much money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm sorry. You just I mean, answered I, my question. I, like, I, 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 listen, there's, there's morally incorrect things about what I just said, but at the same time, I, I think everybody, I think everybody in this world has a price. Let's be completely real. I'm going to be, I mean, do you, do you disagree with that statement? Yeah, and I think it's what you're doing, right? Because, yes, it, it, yes. you know, like there was that movie Indecent Proposal where the guy, the, the proposal was sleep with my wife. That is hard. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a different thing. Okay. That's a different that's thing. That's hard. Yeah, but if you're asking to play a sport 
in a country like that, or if okay. I had, if they said, "Hey, yeah, Gabe, come yeah. do sports radio in a country like that," I even though I don't speak the, right. speak the language, um, that would probably be a big barrier. But I think if they I, said, we, "Hey, come do sports radio the there way, for for three hundred million dollars," oh, hey, our, well, why lawyers, I take that? Our lawyers just texted me. They said You're, the, <laughs> the, the the deal you signed with Odyssey. We have a stipulation in there for live that they cannot okay, sign yeah. you away. Yeah, uh, just so you know. Okay, uh, you know, good to know. You I, just got that. We text. don't have that, that for text US, Just came through. USFL is not included. AAF not included uh and well, the AAF xfl should, aaf shouldn't be included because it no it's, long, it's no longer well, there yeah. you have it maybe yeah. live will purchase them and figure that out <laughs> how to run that business too <laughs> jalen brown has agreed to a five-year 304 million dollar supermax contract extension by the way there are differences in supermaxes as we found out with desmond bain there are supermaxes and then there are supermaxes plus the bonus structure if you get all nba which is yep. what jalen's deal is it's the richest deal in nba history all guaranteed with a trade kicker and no player option. And then next year they're going to have to sign to Jason Tatum to five years, $338 million. So I bet they're super happy years. about that. Um, I do think the new CBA, there's something to be said about like, okay, you have these guys making super maxes. I feel like we've sort of eliminated the middle class with some of the CBA arrangements that they've yeah. made, but we'll see how that all works ultimately. Um, as for Jalen Brown back to the Celtics and being the highest paid player ever, seven years ago Mike Conley Jr. was the highest paid player ever. Seven years ago at this time. I mean, that's a relevant example because guess we were all like, what? And guess what? Jalen yeah. Brown doubled that in seven years. God. Doubled that contract in seven years. The amount of money being thrown around in the NBA is insane. I don't want anybody to claim poverty yeah. these days. But Jalen Brown back to the Celtics. People can say, okay, he can't dribble with his left. Uh, you know, they haven't gotten over the hump. They haven't won the NBA finals. I am of the opinion. What the hell else were you going to do? Right. What were you going to do? You have a two-way wing that's at the top of his game that was second-team All-NBA last year. You let him walk? No! Of course you don't let him walk. You play him alongside Jason Tatum, try to fill in everything around them, and try to make a run at the NBA Finals. Yes. You were in the NBA Finals two years ago. Two years ago. You, you, you came up short, but those guys have built up some scar tissue uh, next to each other, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They can break through at some point. It's just about when. But when you get talents like that, you can't just let them walk for free. It's that simple. And there's a lot of things about Jalen Brown's game that I can pick apart and not like. Sometimes he's a little bit too much with his uh, with with putting up volume of shots. Sometimes turnovers. his turnover, not sometimes, all the time, his turnovers with his yeah. left hand. It's brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's detrimental to their success come playoffs. But he can play defense, and he's one of the best offensive players in the game today. So pay him, move on, figure yep. it out later. If that if that contract ages poorly, it ages poorly. But we are in a new day and age in the NBA where if you're a Supermax player, you're going to get Supermax money, and that team's going to slide that check your way, and you're going to sign. That's what happens. That's, and I, and, I and agree here's the you. other thing that, that's strange to me about this whole deal and how this is all played out. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a time, I'm sure you remember this, Jalen Brown was not all that happy with the Celtics. I don't know. I mean, has that all changed? I, I would imagine the money changes that. Hey, the Celtics forked up, forked over uh, three hundred some odd million to me. He was pouty. Think, uh, he was pretty pouty. There. He was, and he he, he yeah. was talking about wanting to get out. But three hundred four million dollars could could change that altogether. It could flip it on its head. We could be how? Okay now. Well, I think the question becomes how. I, I over half the league values him at that price too. Yes, that's the. 
So, so it doesn't matter if he's playing for the Celtics. Unlike I, some markets where there are different metrics for different players, if that makes sense. Yes. Like Dylan Brooks, for example. Dylan Brooks was worth 90-some-odd million dollars I, in Houston, not in Memphis. Well, here's the thing is I think there was some issues from Jalen Brown's side of, oh, you wanted to use me in a KD trade package? You, d- you don't value me that right, much? right. right. Five years, three hundred four million dollars tells you we value we value you. you. So yeah. I'm sure Brad all Stevens of that got pouty, him in there, yeah. out of the all of that pouty stuff, all of that anger you had with the franchise. Let's let's leave that behind us. Let's leave it behind us. Now that'll do it for the Blitz. One more segment left in the day. That will be the rewind right here on the Gabe Coon Show, ninety two nine FM, ESPN. Tonight, clear to partly cloudy with a low of seventy five. Weather brought to you by Express Employment Professionals. Don't go it alone in your job search. With nearly twenty thousand job openings, Express Employment Professionals can help you take the next step in your career. Visit ExpressPros.com today. Joined now by Dan Devine. I've always been pretty deeply in the tank for Marcus Smart. As like, if you need to go into a foxhole, that is the guy you want in the foxhole with you. It's the Jeff Calkins Show, weekdays from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. on 92.9 FM ESPN. Now, it's the Rewind. Now, we play it back like Rewind. Brought to you by Memphis Barbecue Company. Rewind on 92.9. Questions have been raised about the money the state of Tennessee pledged to Memphis for stadium renovations. We were already under the impression that the Grizzlies and FedEx Forum would get a substantial chunk of the money, but considering the trip, Mayor Strickland made to Gainbridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis in June. Questions are being raised about if they may want all the money, that being the Grizzlies and the FedEx Forum. Those renovations could cost, well, the, the ones at Gainbridge Fieldhouse at least, those cost $412 million in 2019. Counting inflation, similar renovations would cost around $450 million today to get all that done at FedEx Forum. So what would ultimately be left over for Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. I'm not even counting AutoZone Park or 901 FC. That seems like a lost cause. There's $350 million worth of money to use. How much will the Grizzlies get? You can't anger them because they can move, but I think another thing is true within that. You stand to gain more, ultimately, as a city from Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium upgrades. The Forum is a fine stadium. Seemingly doesn't need need much, but the Liberty Bowl, it's old. It was open in 1965. It could help their Power 5 prospects if they get these upgrades, which ultimately could boost economy, boost revenue at the university, put butts in the seats. I'm not saying it's realistic, but I believe that if the Grizzlies wanted to show good faith to the U of M, some money would be given up by ownership, and they'd allow the university to get the $150, 200000000 million that they are asking for ultimately. Also today was AAC Media Day, so we covered that. And I had Seth Hennigan on, quarterback for the Tigers. That was fun. And he was alongside our our normal Tuesday regulars, Jeff Calkins and Christian Fowler. If you want to play back the whole show, check out those interviews. Make sure you download the Odyssey app, search 9290 ESPN. What's the biggest game tonight? Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Gabe, I've got us down for baseball tonight. How about it? It's Cardinals and Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, the 1-7 Steven Matz takes the mound for the St. Louis Cardinals. Last night wasn't the worst thing ever, though. They were down. They were down by one and five runs. Late in the game, win 10-6, I was okay but with they've that. They've been playing pretty good baseball over the last two to three weeks. There have yeah. been spots of, of where they revert And they're not to dead last in the NL Central. Not last. They're in fourth, but uh, you know, you're know you in a crappy-ass division, so that certainly <laughs> <laughs> that sort of helps. Right. Uh, Matt's is one in seven. You know, ERA, just it's sub five, though. <laughs> <laughs> you, say it like, you say it like it's positive. Uh, Mar- it's sub five. I was just really Where's thinking. Where's the bar? No, What's when the I, bar here? I thought it would be like seven. Yeah, uh, right. Merrill Kelly, who is nine and four, actually has played very. He's pitched good for the uh, the Diamondbacks. That 
the uh, Diamondbacks are a one and a half run favorite tonight. Uh, that game, by the way, is on our sister station, 790 The Bet at uh, 840. I will let you make a prediction on tonight's game. I know it's one game out of 162. Let's say Cardinals plus one and a half. Come on. Okay, that's right. Let's do it. Fast forward. Fast forward. Stadium upgrade talk will continue. NFL training camp discussion will continue amongst other things. But that's a wrap for today. Thanks to Christian Fowler, Jeff Calkins, and Seth Hagan for their contributions to today's show. We'll meet back here at the same time tomorrow. In the meantime, I'm going to go ahead and pass you off to Joe and Amber. For Brad, I'm Gabe. Be easy, be safe, and enjoy the rest of your night. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on and podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.